today on Laura Lynn and Friends. There is absolutely no hope for Canada without God. But the moment God shows up, the second he decides to come to my rescue, to your rescue, to Canada, it's over for the Giants, for Goliaths. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. It is heating up in Canada, and I don't just mean because of the fires that people seem to be starting, but uh, it is heating up in so many ways. Later on in the show, we're going to have uh, Arthur Pavlovsky telling us uh, what is the latest on his case. And um, we've got four political prisoners uh, sitting in Alberta right now. Uh, they all thought that they would be let out the next day on some sort of mischief charge, and yet it's been 560, 570 days in jail, no trial. Um, you know, they've had parts of a trial come, but some things going on there that are not right, hard for them to get the, the medical care in some respects that are, is needed. And we just have weird stuff going on. Um, I'm not happy about British Columbia, everyone. I'm not happy about the continued push that perhaps we're going to have to take back these mandates again. Um, oh, COVID's on the rise, you know. I had COVID. It was four days of a little bit of misery. I was fine. I took some key things. Uh, the FDA has now approved ivermectin uh, for use, so make sure you've got your stash. That's all I have to say. I'm going to um, move on very quickly because I want to get to our guests very fast today. I love to read from my dad's Bible. My dad passed away almost two years ago and he left this treasure, this treasure. This is my inheritance. <laughs> he left me a little bit of cash too. That was nice. Um, he's a good man. He left an inheritance for his children, but um, he left me this. This, I will lose all kinds of stuff before I ever will give up my dad's Bible. My dad's Bible is marked up. So I opened it up today to uh, Psalms 18. And it's interesting, um, in verse 24, so he's underlined, circled, a lot, a whole lot of things that he's um, highlighted in a couple verses here. It says, therefore has the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness. Wow. How sure of your righteousness do you have to be to say those words out loud? This is the psalmist David, of course, and he's saying, the Lord has recompensed to me according to my righteousness. In other words, I've been living so well. I have been doing so good that God has blessed me and recompensed me. And actually, this is a great, Psalms 18 is all about um, how great it is that God just took care of David's enemy, Saul. So Saul's gone, Saul's dead, and the Lord showed up to like a, a mighty wind for, for David and uh, took out Saul. So he, he's having a huge victory, and he says, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness. Wow. Like, are you, are you willing to say that? You know, I've got everything I've got because of how well I serve the Lord, because I am so righteous. I'm so holy that all these great things are happening to me. You know, I hope we can actually get to that place where we say we are living so right that God's blessing and his favor is on everything we do and, and that God will take out our enemies. May we have that intimacy with our God that we find that. All right, so then my dad underlined, um, 
With merciful, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With an upright man, you will show yourself upright. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the froward, you will show yourself froward. Um, I I believe in another translation that says with um, that that if you are um, hmm, that word froward is translated differently. It's 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 more like if you are. Uh, an evil person, he will show himself to be more cunning than you. That's what I remember from my, uh, maybe I'll look that up at the end of the show. For thou will say, oh, stubbornly contrary and disobedient and obstinate. That's what froward means. Okay. The wordsmith over here, but he did look it up really fast. So if you show yourself to be stubbornly obstinate, he's saying, I'm going to show myself to be stubborn and obstinate towards you. So how is God reacting in your life? Is he blessing, showing his favor? Do you have peace that passes understanding as we've got a whole bunch of things? going down in the world I don't know for you will light my you will light my candle you will save the afflicted people but will bring down high looks that is very cool I, I love that my dad thought that was important because if there was ever a day I need to rely on that because uh, we have some evil people in our land and they are not doing what's right and so I would like God's uh, I to be on them and to deal with them according to how they are dealing with God. We are in a godless society. And I, I don't mean my good, you know, friends that are doing what's right. I just, I mean, basically everyone else. Um, we're teaching things in our schools that are not what most of Canadians believe. There has been an overtaking of our education system, of our businesses, the agenda of uh, the wokeness, uh, you know, agenda has come in and we're all a bit blown away. So we have to find people that are standing up for what's right and come alongside of them. Now, we have an election um, that is happening in our wonderful province of Manitoba. And there are some people running there. Now, Manitoba is very special to me because I just found out how amazing Manitoba is. So I was in Winkler, Manitoba for about a month helping, uh, you know, another political cause that was going on down there. And I will say that I met the most conservative, godly, incredible people of my life in all of that area. I went to that town. I did not know one soul. I remember you know, being dropped off at my hotel by the guy who, you know, picked me up and Dropped me off at my hotel thinking, all right, I know one person now, this driver that just brought me. That's it. That's all I knew. And by the time I left there, I can honestly say hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of friends and thousands who I got to know in spirit because they are an incredible people. Manitoba is in the center of our country. It holds some of the most conservative values. It holds on to those values. And it lives those values. I love that province. And so we have an amazing gentleman today. And he is putting his name forward in the upcoming election. His name is Wayne Sturby, leader of the Manitoba Party. And I want to invite you on, Wayne. And I want to ask you, do you think that I adequately described your beautiful province? <laughs> uh, Laura Lynn, you did an amazing job of... Uh... Uh, making making people feel that Manitoba is as special as I think it is. Mm -hmm. 
we did a, a promo video not too long ago. And in that promo, we talked about how every province has its sort of nickname. And I have visited British Columbia many, many times. And I know that BC goes by the, you know, the name beautiful British Columbia. In Manitoba, we were known as friendly Manitoba, but we think that we have a lot of beauty here too. And we're not, a, we're not ashamed, we're not afraid to say that uh, we're a very beautiful province. But thank you very much for your very kind words. You know, Wayne, it's a bit flat compared to beautiful British Columbia, but I grew to to absolutely love uh, the greenery and all of that. I did get lost once, uh, kind of trying to get to a location, and I was on the phone with someone, and they were like, okay, well, what do you see in front of you to, to, to try to help me? And I'm like, okay, there's a green field in front of me. Well, what what's on your left? You know, and I'm like, well... There, it's sort of a more brown field and they're like, wow, we don't know where you are because that's like, you know, so that's miles and miles of the province out in the prairies, you know, like in the in in the farm area. And but what I grew to love was the the beautiful trees, uh, the greenery, the farmers. I love the farmers. They truly understand the seed time and the harvest and taking care of us here in Canada with uh, with those beautiful farms that are out there. Now, leader of the Manitoba party, um, so how many parties are actually running in this upcoming election? How, how many, What? who's your competition? Wow, we have, uh, we've got a real diverse group. We've got the governing conservatives right now. Uh, and then we have the NDP who have shared power with the Conservatives over the last uh, number of decades. So either either party is going to win in this coming election. The polls are almost neck and neck. Uh, for a long time, the Liberals were very strong, but they've diminished in power quite a bit. And uh, we also have the Green Party. They have yet to, they've been around a long time, but they have yet to elect even a single person to the legislature. We have a communist party. Uh, then we have the uh, we have the Manitoba party and another independent party called the Keystone Party. So we're all in competition for votes. Yeah. Uh, I would say that uh, the Keystone Party and the Manitoba Party are the most similar in ideology and the things that we would that we would want to see accomplished if uh, if we were successful mm. in becoming the governing party. That is. That is wonderful. Uh, so you're serious about an actual communist party? Oh yes, yes. They've uh, they're an official party. They've been around for a long time. Uh, they have never elected anybody, but I think the main reason that they that they exist is just so that they can spread their propaganda. Right. Okay. Well, we know those types, and we know what's been happening in Canada for sure. Um, so Wayne, when you're out and you're presenting to people why is the manitoba party a good option why is it needed what is it standing for that manitobans need to know they need to take a chance and vote for you well laurelyn you touched on it when you said that manitoba is in the uh, very center of canada we refer to our we, we refer to ourselves as the heartland province and when i talk to people i i, I say to them if the heart is strong, then the rest of the body will be strong too. You made mention of some of the conditions that we're facing right now in this country, and it is very sad. 
the country that I grew up in is barely recognizable. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you would, you would feel the same way. We need to get back to what, um, we need to get back to proper government. And that is, I, I guess, you know, I'm going to borrow from, uh, from Abraham Lincoln when he said, government of the people, by the people, and for the people. I'm so glad we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to come up with the best, the best words, you know, to, uh, to share with other people. But we need to get back to, to that, that concept of government being, being servants of the people, not the masters. And uh, understanding what good government looks like, what it feels like, and what it should be doing. So you know, we're we have uh, we have a very very good platform. The number one issue right now in Manitoba is uh, is education, mm -hmm. and we love to talk about education because we know that um, that uh, that is something that has completely gone off the rails. Somebody asked me, well, what's wrong with education? I said, well, there's only one thing wrong with education: everything. Uh, yeah. They they don't even know what the fundamentals of education are anymore, so we want to restore that. And the the one thing that we would do, kind of borrowing from our our good neighbors and friends to the south, but we would want we would want to give absolute choice to parents. Which means if you want to if you want to homeschool your children, then we want to make sure that we provide you with resources, we provide you with funding. If you want to start a charter school like they do in many of the states, then we want to be on board with that as well. Parents need to have maximum control, maximum input into how their children are educated. So that's something that we're, we're really, really strong on. We, uh, we support homeschoolers, but we want to make sure that uh, whatever choice parents make, funding is available to them it's not fair that they have to fund the public school system and then if they want to send their children to a private school that uh they're forced to pay again that's just uh, it's not fair and most people i think understand that that's not fair that's amazing you know wayne um i had the pleasure of uh going attending one of your school board meetings in a place not too far out of winkler manitoba and a mother got up and she had the courage to read aloud from a book uh, it was so vile and evil that I thought this is going to be it. This this conservative area of Canada, this school board is going to leave and they're going to decide that this book is inappropriate on every level and they're going to get rid of it. But a, couple, a few weeks later, this board, all except for one, voted that this book should stay because it represents diversity. Now, I'm... I'm telling you that it, she read aloud and the crowd cringed and then there was complete silence and then there was kind of a like gasp at what she's reading and this is allowed to be in the schools. We know Governor DeSantis in Texas has, uh, oh in Florida, has become so against this sexualization of children that they have audited, they have shut down the schools and they're auditing the, the libraries. Um, we have a big problem. People seem to think it's okay to say the most inappropriate sexual things or allow that to be in books and such. So where's your stand on all of that? Good question, Laura Lynn. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy to say that the Manitoba party has come to, come to the, uh, to aid some of the school trustees in, in our province that have faced disciplinary action simply for voicing concern they didn't they didn't uh 
uh, go on a rampage. They weren't being radical. They simply voiced concern about this, the over-sexualization of, um, of children, the kind of books and the kind of curriculum that it's making its way into the school. They've been, they've been disciplined and the Manitoba party has come to, to support them in the strongest possible way. We had a, we had a meeting yesterday at uh, one of the Louis Riel school division properties where one of the trustees had been suspended and some people who showed up on June 20th just to support her, including myself, we all received letters from the school division banning us from school division property and making all kinds of unfounded accusations about how, how we were there to cause a disturbance. Nothing could be further from the truth. We were very respectful when we, when we spoke up. The school, they, they claimed that uh, we shut down their, their, the school board meeting. That was absolutely untrue. They refused to provide any kind of evidence to support that. And yet we have, uh, we have full video evidence showing how, how, how we conducted ourselves. But Laura Lynn, I, I know I'm sure you've seen this many times too, across school divisions where parents have come to the podium and they have started to read from some of these books. And as soon as they do, they get shut down because the, the, the trustees <laughs> say, you can't say that, it's very inappropriate. Right. And some of them are ushered out. And yet they're, they're, they're saying that this is okay for, for five, five and six and seven and eight year old children to, to, to read. I do not know how we could have lost our collective minds when we decided that this was going to be appropriate. Diversity, in the name of diversity, well, you know what? I know that's what they claim, but uh, the, the, the sad truth is that they have, um, they have no, they say one thing, but they practice another. They're not Absolutely. interested in having a diverse, in a diverse opinion. They don't want to hear any opposition or criticism. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I will be sharing your um, interview and I ask everyone to share, share, share. If you know anybody in Manitoba, if you have a friend, a neighbor, if you have a relative, um, get, get this message out uh, that there is somebody willing to stand up for the good people, the conservative values of Manitoba, because I now I have quite a, a texting list of the people in Manitoba. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do my best to help you, Wayne, because I I think that we need people like yourself that are standing strong, that are speaking out. We seem to have been seized. We seem to have been seized in politics, in education, in the justice system. Even our religious organizations are not standing up against perversion in our land the way that they should be. It is, it is a complete loss to me why uh, how we've lost our way so incredibly. But your kind of party is the kind of party that I would want to see in power. And can you tell me um, in Manitoba, like uh, wh what's going on with like housing? What's going on with the, um, the economy? Because everything everywhere is getting very expensive. Manitoba has always been very, very fortunate in that uh, we have never had a boom or bust type of uh, economy the way that Alberta and uh, and even BC have. We're, we have a very good diverse economy. We have a good forest industry. We have a very good mining industry. Being in the center of Canada, we're at uh, sort of like a transportation hub, uh, strong agricultural sector. So our unemployment situation is we're, we're always very, very low. 
the cost of living in Manitoba is uh, is cheaper than than most places. Certainly cheaper than BC. Um, the I, I guess where people are afraid now, and this is something that's going to affect uh, people from coast to coast, and that is with the with uh, rising inflation and uh, rising interest rates. People are are concerned about how they're going to make their mortgage payments. Yeah. So you know, we could be in for some really, really, really big storms uh, very, mm. very soon, Laura Lynn. It's already happening here a lot, Wayne. Uh, we have homes sitting just newly built. Um, no one can sell them. No one's buying right now. People are renting. Renting is going way up because you know there's a market to rent because you can't buy. Um, people are not able to pay the new interest rates. So uh, Canada is going to be in some, uh, some trouble with that. Um, I wanted to ask you personally, uh, do you feel a calling to politics? Like, how did you get here and why are you doing this? Because, Wayne, I happen to have a bit of understanding about this. And it, it's a real difficult realm when you have principles right now. Right. Um, I have a very diverse working background, Laura Lynn, and one of the things that I did very early in my life is, uh, with the help of others, we started a church in the remote mining town of, of Snow Lake, and I was the first pastor there. And uh, since then, I have, I have had a real passion for, for, for preaching, and, um, but then along the way, I also developed a real passion for politics. It's it's because of it's because of the 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 decline of uh, of how politics is and how government follows follows the decline in politics that uh, that just made me think that somebody has to do something and I I could be like a lot of other people sit back and complain and, and say somebody has to do something and then I thought well maybe maybe I should be doing something uh, I have always voted but I never I never really got very active in politics until about 2015, 2014, maybe. And it was a result of my, uh, the work that I was doing as a corrections officer in the province of Manitoba. And I saw a justice system that was absolutely failing. The model that they were using was, wasn't helping. It didn't matter what their mission statement was. It didn't matter what their goals were. They were failing miserably. And I, I, I didn't see that anything was ever going to improve unless they were willing to change the model and which means really admitting admitting that we made a mistake. I don't want to say admitting defeat. It simply, you know, means uh, saying this isn't working. We got to come up with a better plan. And uh, the inmates that I got to know, I, I started to realize how not only were their lives being affected, but their families' lives were being affected. It's a it's a domino effect. And uh, I I thought somebody really needs to begin speaking up when it comes to how we do justice in this province. So I had a lot of motivation to get into politics and it, uh, I'm, I'm very much, I, I just, I, I, I really can't stop. I've told people that, you know, I, I don't know where the passion comes from, but you know, you were reading earlier, Laura Lynn from, uh, from, from yeah. the Psalms. There's a verse in the Proverbs that uh, has always spoken to me. It says the, the answer of the tongue and the preparations of the heart in man is from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I just think that, uh, that this burning desire that I have, uh, I, 
because I can't stop, even though sometimes it's difficult, I'm thinking, well, you know, God, this is what you have called me to do. And until you show me otherwise, I'm going to continue doing this. And I'm going, if we're not successful, we're at least going to speak truth. We're at least going to take stands that are stands for righteousness, uh, stands that, that, uh, that would be God honoring. And yeah, we're just going to keep on doing that. I love it. And that's the right group of people in, uh, in Manitoba that actually will appreciate that. I wish you the very, bre- the very best. Um, you know, British Columbia, you called it beautiful British Columbia. I've been calling it Babylon, British Columbia for a little <laughs> while. And I hope that that changes with, with time. But thank you for your time, Wayne. God bless you. And I, I wish you the very best. And our prayers are with you. And I will be sending... Uh, this interview out so that people of Manitoba know that they have a really good choice this next election. Thanks for being with us today. Laura Lynn, thank you for having me. It's been a real privilege and an honor to be thank on you. your show. Thank you. All right. God bye bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, I like him. I don't know about you, but I think that's the right kind of guy. And uh, Manitoba, we're in, we're in trouble, everybody. If we don't start getting and voting in people with religious, spiritual, principled convictions, then we have only ourselves to blame. Because I'm not sure what's going on in Canada, but barely a politician will even admit he knows a proverb. I think maybe Polyev has now said some sort of, he's kind of... uh, done some verbiage that sounded like um, something from Proverbs. <laughs> and I thought, I, you know, I, I give him kudos for that. I really do. Uh, it seems like in Canada, if you are standing up for what's right, you're not getting voted in. I pray that's a different case for Wayne. I pray that this Manitoba party is given a fair shot by y'all and that you stop voting for the establishment because they, they are bought out, sold out, and they're letting us all down. Now, nobody knows more about that than my good friend, Archer Pavlosky, and I want to bring him on again. I 100% support this man because he has been standing in integrity. He has been sounding an alarm. He is a prophet to our nation, and yet he's been stoned at different times. Uh, He's been marginalized and disrespected through the actions of justice, uh, the the police, and even society at times, not understanding that what Arthur Pavlovsky has been doing for a lot of years is letting us know what's coming. And you know what we've done? In many, many cases, listen, today it's him, tomorrow it's going to be you. If we do not get on board and stand with those that are facing the fire... Trust me when I say, trust me when I say, you will look back and think, I should have helped Archer when I could, because now they're after all of us. It's coming. So Archer, thank you for waiting in the background. I really appreciate that. Um, How are you doing today, brother? Thank you so much. You're absolutely right. Think of people like me and yourself as a shield between the villains and the rest of the people when the people are busy 
providing for the families, people are busy just living. And most of the people, except the psychopaths that we have as rulers, uh, most of the people just want to be left alone. They just want to live their lives in in peace. Uh, but we know history and we know that the villains that we have right now are not going to allow you to live your life in peace. So think of us as shield between the villains and the rest of the people. When we go down, be sure of it. And that's not Pastor Artopolowski preaching. That's history preaching. They will be after you. Next, actually, I would add to this, Laura. You say it's coming. I say it's already here. You know, Tamara Leach is in and no offense to her. I, I don't want this to sound in any bad way, but she is a typical Canadian. Okay. Um, smoking cigar, you know, drinking a beer, just being an average, you know, redneck, if you will, a representative of, a, of, of the working class. And that's, you know, I don't want this to, to sound in any way offensive. It's just the reality. You know, like we have the saying, average Joe, right? Tamara is um, an average Canadian. And they are after an average Canadian, a grandma that had had any intention of leading a coup or an army to overthrow the government. Just a grandma. Right. Was a she, she just did a GoFundMe. <laughs> right. You know, just a <laughs> to go on just a trip. A grandma, yeah. Just a Canadian woman that got awakened by a totalitarian evil machinery that went after their her children and grandchildren yeah. so she's representing you and if i could take the time back laura all those 18 years ago when i was warning canadians what's coming you see as a polish immigrant i have seen this movie before i lived in hell under the boots of the, the the minions of a totalitarian regime and right away i said this is wrong this is leading canada into a place where canadians are going to cry and canadians are going to be broken 18 years later canada is already broken uh, yeah. we are not falling canada has fallen now the question is, are we willing to rise up and take back what's rightfully is ours? Because I failed in a way, like so many prophets of old, I did my best to warn you, Canadians were not willing to listen. Now we have the consequences of Canadians not willing to listen. But Laura, this is not the end. They are not going to stop believe a Polish immigrant, the villains, evil never stops. Evil is like a cancer that keep, will keep murdering, will keep spreading. Cancer has to be cut out. And um, I don't know what else to say or what else to do to awaken the masses because this craziness would be over just like that. Boom. That's it. 
That's how quickly we can end their totalitarian regime. There is more of us than of them. I mean, seriously, Laura, who are those judges? Who are those chief of police? Who are those, you know, handful of politicians that are dictating the millions how to live, what to eat, where to go? It's insanity. <laughs> and so um, my story is not over. Unfortunately, um, you ask your previous guest about if he felt the call on his life for politics. I hate politics. Politics, the only way I can describe to you is uh, like a human manure in a sewer canal. You get too close, you get splashed, you stink. You need a shower of righteousness and sanity. You jump in, my God, you need a muzzle. Then you really need the muzzle because it's like a biological weapon. However, we have been presented, I, 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 we have been called, I think I should say, for such a time as this. And I don't think we have a, a choice right now. I don't think we can just look what those monsters, and listen to me carefully. I have been attacked for years, Laura, for my use of language. And as you know me, I have not stopped using strong language because those people are no longer human beings they're monsters they're demon possessed monsters that are raping our children murdering our elderly and they are not satisfied with the with the blood that is being shed on the soil of our beloved canada for now decades they want more blood we are living in a time where we have the biggest amount of suicides ever recorded in this country. We're living in a culture of death where people are dying hooked on drugs that government gives them for free. You know how bizarre this is. They will not help you if you're diabetes. They will not help you if you really uh, need help, but they will gladly help you to murder yourself. Mm -hmm. and to cause even more problems for the rest of the society where you get sick. And of course, drug addicts get sick all the time because you are injecting or you're snorting or you're putting into your system narcotics that are harmful to your body and to your mental uh, state and of course, spiritual as, as well. So you were dealing with monsters that are doing everything in their power to murder human beings, like a sacrificial offering. When I was in prison, as you remember, they, twice a day, they were offering every inmate, not just me. I was not treated as special. I mean, metal cages, concrete, no water, no washroom. That way, yes, I was treated you know, in a special way. But every inmate was offered at least five different highly addictive narcotics like fentanyl and cocaine, a different form of the same narcotics for free. Now imagine those people are going to be released from prison. And as you know, drugs are, you know, very expensive. What do you think is going to happen to those men and women when they are being unleashed on the rest of us? Well, they will turn into a crime. They will whack your grandma's head. They will steal from grocery. They will 
do something, break into your car, into your garage, into your home. So it's a crazy time we're living in and we must push it. I don't think, Laura, we have a, an option anymore because yeah. if you're a good person and if you see this great evil being unleashed on everybody else, including our children, well, good people push evil away naturally by instinct. The spirit of us says, this is wrong. This is evil. I must rise up and push this away. And that's exactly what we are doing. Now, the question is, what is going to take for Canadians to realize what is being done to them. And maybe this whole thing must crash. Maybe their idols, their saviors, the conservatives, you know, the Danielle Smiths of today and the Polyevs, you know, the fake conservatives of today, maybe they must calm down. They must pillage and rape for the people to realize that the only savior that there is out there is God and his people appointed mm -hmm. and anointed for such a time as this. So what is happening with me, Laura, is, is crazy. I mean, there is not even a week. You know, we're doing those talks and I'm doing those talks with you, you know, once a month um, or so. But every single week, there is something absolutely insane that is happening in my life. I just released, uh, received a multiple emails from my legal uh, defense team saying that the Crown Prosecutor is seeking prison. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just absolutely insane, Laura. I was not the organizer. When I went to Milk River and Coots, I delivered a church service on a private property. When I came in, the roads were open. When I left, the roads were open. Um, I was supposed to be protected by the Criminal Code of Canada, Section 176, 1, 2, and 3, all of that thrown out the window. I was charged with inciting mischief and have been found guilty. I'm the first and only Canadian in the history of this country that has been found guilty on inciting mischief for a sermon um, which was on trial. I am the first and only Canadian that has been charged and now found guilty on eco-terrorism interfering with the crucial infrastructure under the Defense Act and plus the breach of release order. Uh, the, uh, the Crown Prosecutor is, seek is seeking imprisonment. He is not satisfied that I was already in prison that I have been on probation and house arrest for a year and a half. He wants additional year, a minimum one year of prison. And of course, the judge has 10 years at his disposal. And so he can sentence me to 10 years. No problem. He can do that. You see, we have given so much power to those people um, that 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 it's, it's completely in, insane. Um, it reminds me of the story of the gallow that was built on Mordecai. And I want to read this because before I went, you know, on your show, this is what I had on my heart. And you can find this story in um, Esther 5. Esther 5. And it says, Haman's rage against Mordecai, verse 9. It's like those minions of the devil today, those Hamans of today, they don't just... They don't just disapprove of you. They hate you. They have this deep 
rage against anyone and everyone that dares to believe in God, the word of God, and is a good person. So here is what it says. Haman went out that day happy because he just had a great encounter with the king and the queen. He was in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai, when he saw Laura Lynn, when he saw Arthur Pulaski, when he saw Tamara Leach, when he saw a barber, Chris Barber, or others, Chris Scott, others that dirt, or Maxime Bernier, anyone, Tobias Thiessen or the pastors from Ontario, anyone that dared to not bow before Haman, uh, he saw uh, him at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence. And I find this fascinating, Laura. They do not understand why we're not terrified of them, the modern day pharaohs according to them we are slaves cockroaches we are bugs worms why you're not afraid of them it enrages them so he was filled with rage against mordecai what was mordecai's crime well he was not afraid of the devil and that's what enraged haman nevertheless haman restrained himself and went home to plot of course and that's what they have been doing in the past you know decades now calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth you know I own the judges I own the crown prosecutors I own the businesses I own oil in Saudi Arabia says Trudeau Castro Caligula I own all of this I'm the pharaoh of today and to his you know about his many children's sons and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had elected him elevated him above the other nobles and officials and that that's not all haman added i am the only person queen esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave and she has invited me along with the king tomorrow but all of this, you see, all of the pillaging and raping and destroying, all of this blood that is on our hands gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai. We can change this here and say, as long as, as I can see Pastor Art Pulaski talking about Jesus and feeding the poor, as long as I see uh, Laura Lynn supporting godly candidates in elections as long as i see her exposing the lies and bringing the truth that should that, that the shawl set the cup to three as long as i see that i'm not satisfied and his wife zaresh and all his friends said to him have a pole uh, a gallow set up reaching to a height of 50 cubits how many days laura i spend in prison 50 days I spent in prison in the most cruel ways the Canada offers here. Solitary confinement, mental institution, max spot for the most dangerous terrorists, metal cages, concrete cells, uh, and all, you know, strip naked in front of men and women, all the fun part of what they could unleash on me. And of course, five different inmates testified that they were offering them incentives to murder me or to severely beat me in prison. Um, ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it, then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. And this suggestion delighted Haman 
and he had the poll set up. This suggestion, you know, delighted Stephen Johnston, the Crown Prosecutor from the Special Prosecutors Unit from the province of Alberta, the pathological liar, the manipulator that would lie to the judges multiple times, making stuff up, of course, without any evidence, making things up, comparing my peaceful sermon to Rwanda genocide, to compare my peaceful sermon to someone that is inciting murder, and to compare, to, to, to dare to say that the solidarity in Poland was some kind of a violent, it could, those people are psychopaths. Those people are monsters and they will not stop at nothing. They must be stopped and they can be stopped peacefully when Canadians will finally say enough is, is enough. So it looks like the gallow is being built for me. Um, they're piling stuff. The Crown Prosecutor sent a letter, Laura, saying that I am unrepented. You, you know, think about it. T think about the use of language. When I teach in a church, I always tell people, pay attention to the words. Words are powerful. God didn't just choose this word for whatever because he didn't have any other to choose from. Everything that you have in the word of God is precise and it's for a purpose. Pay attention to the wording and pay attention to what the enemy is saying. Crown prosecutor says that um, I'm unrepentant and he wants to play a video of me talking to the crowd of people that I am not sorry, that I do not regret that I was with the hurting Canadians standing for the God and state given rights. I am unrepentant and I, uh, I am unwilling to um, to say I'm sorry for my horrible crime that I have done. And Laura, again, on the record, and I hope that Stephen Johnston, that pathological liar, the Crown Prosecutor from the province of Alberta, hears this, uh, that he is a liar, and that I am not afraid of him. My God is bigger than all of them combined together, all the giants of the land. And I, wanna, I want him to know I am not sorry for being part of the truck convoy. I am proud that I was part with the hurting, hurting people because that's the job of a shepherd of God's people. My job is to be with the hurting people. My job is to encourage and restore hope with those that need that encouragement. My job is to be there with the people against the government overreach and murder because we're dealing right now with genocide. We're dealing with murder. So... The fiery furnace, Laura, and I know you love to talk about Shadrach, Michigan, Abednego. Um, I remember our rallies together and you were always, always bringing the three men. By the way, they were politicians in high, high places. They were ministers in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar and you always were bringing them in, in, you know, during the rallies. So it looks like the furnace is getting hotter for me. The Crown Prosecutor, the judge that said everyone that took part of the Freedom Convoy is a criminal, the probation officer that just released a letter saying that <clears throat> I am unrepentant and unwilling to say I'm sorry and, um, and some other nonsense. So they're piling up and also it looks like that the lions, there is more lions 
set aside a hungry lions for me for the night hours um so i came to a point where for me and for my family uh, this is my red sea moment laura i have my enemies behind me i can't go to the left or to the right there are mountains on both sides and in front of me is the red sea so the only thing i can do is just keep moving forward keep preaching the truth keep standing strong keep inviting god into my situation because the moment put it this way i'm done it's over it's finished we are finished there is no hope laura for you and for me there is no hope for canada and i and i want people to hear me clearly now there is absolutely no hope for canada without god but the moment god shows up the second he decides to come to my rescue to your rescue to canada it's over for the giants for goliaths and i want canadians to hear this and i know i have been heavenly heavily criticized for bringing jesus to the political realm for talking about the bible for bringing righteousness for standing against the murder of the innocent children for the perversion naked sinful evil wicked sexual perversion that is being shoved everywhere we go in our beloved canada i have been highly criticized for that but that's the bible and i'm telling you without god we're done for with god they are done for so we as a nation we must bring god back to our society back to our schools back to our political realm back to the mainstream media back back to the churches because believe it or not and i don't i'm preaching to the choir we don't have jesus in our churches we have entertainment in our churches we have and not even entertainment <laughs> i mean they're right? so boring you can't even stand it our kids are just leaving yeah. you know so yeah so so anyway i'm almost done um we take your time what we have we, what we have in our churches right now i i think in the history is one of the most pathetic things that i have observed and again you're talking to a guy that grew up under the boots of the soviets and and communists um even the communists even the people of poland when i was growing up had more faith in god actually solidarity movement was all about with god we win it's like it's 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 so bizarre because i'm trying to convey that message to canadians that we can win this but we need to bring god the bible says where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom there is liberty yes that jesus comes you know who comes to jesus is free indeed the truth shall set the captives free we need to bring him back and polish people got the message and they brought god they walked with god on those streets and they wander country back we need to do this again so um of course i'm shadow banned like i've never been shadow banned before i just lost my big youtube channel that i was working you know on for for a very long time since 2005 believe it or not and they um, and they murder it they stole it from me so i want to ask you uh, listeners for a favor uh, because i know laura it happened to you as well and you have built and your audience on rumble i'm trying to do the same thing um if you can if you can subscribe 
don't know if you can see it. Yeah, we can see it. To Pastor Arthur Pulaski on Rumble. Okay. Um, please do that. I have um, a lots of videos I wanna I wanna post before my sentencing on September 18th. I don't know. My lawyers contacted me a few times already, and here's what what they said. And I really appreciate that about my lawyers that they're good human beings and right. they're truthful. They're not making stuff up and. And I was told that I may not, Laura, come out of the of the court. I may be chained, arrested on the spot, mm. and will not be able to even say goodbye to my family. Um, so that's a reality for me right now, for standing with Canadians, for praying for Canadians, for um, giving people hope during mm -hmm. the time where the government wanted them dead. Um, so this is just what might happen. I may not come out of the court. I may be taken to Riemann, to the very place that wanted me murdered. And there is nothing I can do about it. So, um, but that's the thing. I, there is nothing I can do about this, Laura, but our God can. And again, that's why I'm saying that this is my Red Sea moment. I'm moving forward. And if God will not open the Red Sea, I will drown. And if God will not come to the rescue against the Egyptians, I will be dead. Um, so uh, it is what it is. Um, I'm putting my house in order and, you know, doing everything I can so my family can survive this. Um, I have three legal teams right now, Laura. I think I have more lawyers now than I ever had. And, and you know my story. You know that I uh, end up in about 120 court cases, 340 citations, and 16 arrests. And um, now I have three legal teams. One, thank God, is being paid by Rebel News. Another one, uh, and the two others, I'm paying from my own pocket. Um, and it's getting absolutely insanely expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, Nathaniel is in hot troubles. Um, there is a warrant for his arrest, and, and this is the bizarre thing, and you interviewed Nathaniel. Mm -hmm. um, every single time he goes outside, he comes back, and there is a warrant. And then the police says, well, it's a mistake. Uh, I don't know what kind of a sick, twisted game this government is playing with my mm -hmm. family, but obviously they want us, they want us to be hurt. So um, I, I have a week and a half so i'm trying to spend the time with my family and um i want to ask you to pray i want to ask you to we support us if you can. and uh if you can come then we're going to have a church service and it could be my uh, last church service if god will not come to the rescue um nine o'clock in the morning in Ledbridge, outside of the court on the court steps are we going to have worship uh, probably we're going to do Lord's Supper. And the uh, date again? Going... It's September 18th. Okay. September 18th. And uh, it's a very interesting date uh, because, of course, is um, a Feast of Trumpets. This it's my is, dad's um... birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's a pretty so... special guy to this show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're okay. reading his Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there is also a leading to Rosh Hashanah, which is the holiest time on the Jewish mm -hmm. calendar. Um, so I do not believe in coincidences. Also, mm -hmm. um, I want you to know, um, I don't know if you know, but I am 50 years old. 
and yeah. I feel sometimes like 150. <laughs> I, um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, welcome to Canada. Um, my wife is turning 50 in just a few days, wow. and it's a 50th year jubilee. And wow. So the year of freedom, and I spent yes. 50 days in prison. So there's a lots of things of that 50s. I started putting mm. together. Um, so in the end of the day, I really love uh, the prayer of Joab, the general. I'm sure you're familiar with him. He was the kind of like a right hand of David. Later on, he betrayed uh, David by uh, aligning himself with a different son. Um, however, um, as bloody as this general was, and you know, I didn't like the guy for what he has done, but he never lost a fight. That's mm. one thing. He never lost a battle. And then he had this prayer that kind of stuck with me. I can't shake it off. He says this, and it comes out of the mouth of um, a bloody general, right? A guy that was just swinging his sword. And by the way, he's the one that killed Absalom, mm. if you remember. Uh, the yeah. story he asked somebody else to do it but they were afraid that he is going to throw them under the bus with david so he himself did it and here is what he said and i pray that this will become also your prayer those that are watching let this be our prayer for every single day we will do our best and let god do what is right in his sight in his own eyes so we must show up for the battlefield we must do our best and may god do whatever he thinks is right in his own eyes and that prayer kind of stuck with me that that's pretty much the essence of a prayer that we should always have we gotta do whatever is required of us and god will do whatever he thinks is needed to be done for that for that moment so that's my prayer i will show up there and i will face whatever my god has prepared for me not what the enemy has prepared for me but what my god has prepared for me because as you know my story every single time they tried to hurt me god elevated me god gave me support and friends like i would never ever a dream of including you uh, mm -hmm. we would probably never meet if it was not for for this crazy time so right. uh, we're going to spend eternity laura talking about this you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean we eternity. and so. you know and you are one of the greatest storytellers and i think people forget to to understand that you're a preacher you've been preaching for all these years people see you as like a political activist almost but you're a preacher, like you bring people to Jesus and you, you've got so many. I love to listen to your stories of per, your personal conversion and how you left your old sinful lifestyle to follow the Lord and you lost everything and, and how you followed God and you've been following him faithfully and the people that you have brought to Jesus over the years, feeding the poor out in the 40 below weather. Uh, this is your heart. Not very many people want to do what Archer Pavlovsky does. 
you know, we don't want to be outside. And I, you know, when you were asking me to come and do a barbecue, I'm like, but it's, but it's snowing. Um, it's cold, you know, and you had me come and, and we celebrated and the police were taking pictures of us feeding the homeless outside in the cold during COVID. I mean, the world's lost their brains. Honestly, they've all lost, you know, such common sense. But these people see you as some sort of political voice and you're calling out all of the corruption. But at the heart of it, um, Arthur, you love the Lord. You love Jesus and you bring people to Jesus. And my favorite times are, you know, sitting after our events and a whole bunch of us will be out. And you just tell the stories of how God has been so huge in your life. And it's, it's funny, it's poignant, it's beautiful. I hope that 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 is not lost in all of this because you're under fire right now, but you are just truly at the heart of it. You're just a preacher doing God's work. And, and you know, uh, let me just add to this. Um, thank you for bringing this up because, Laura, I have told those people since 2005. So this is my 18 years fighting. Fighting for what? For my right and the people's right to preach the gospel in public, to read the Bible and feed the poor. And I've told them countless of times, including the big lie, uh, you know, that we experienced in the past three years to leave me alone. I said that to the chief of police. I said that to the cops. I said that to the politicians. I said that to the mainstream propaganda. And I am keep telling them, just leave me alone. I am not interested in your filthy um, you know, political maneuvers and games. I just want to be left alone. But you see, here is the thing. I believe that God is behind this. I believe that God was looking for anyone, someone. And I'm sure he walked around the earth and he, you know, wanted to pick this one and he wanted to pick that person and that person, but they were not willing. And then he looked at me and said, oh, okay, so I guess I'm stuck with him. Um, and he said to me, um, are you willing to do it? And, you know, me being a, a just a little guy in, a, you know, streets of Calgary, I just said to him when I really said yes to Jesus, I said, I'll always do my best to tell the people what you're putting on my heart. And we're living in unprecedented corruption that Canada has ever, never seen before and god is looking for someone that is willing to to tell the way it is to to tell people that this is wrong this is evil um, but the truth is i love to feed the poor i love preaching in the church i love teaching people history and teaching them theology maybe in a different way than most of the preachers do because i'm still you know polish immigrant that grew up behind the iron curtain in the jungle so it's more i guess fiery and more into your into your face uh, not a very canadian way more like an american polish way but nevertheless you don't have to listen to me you don't have to come uh, for the food you don't have to you know watch me on the internet i just want to be left alone but guess what they just refuse to leave me alone they just can't let me live my life. So I truly believe, I truly believe, Laura, that 
God is using this. They, he's using their hatred towards the truth. And he's using my stubbornness like a donkey to keep telling people uh, what's going on. And I just saw the advertisement for the one million men march. So my um, my son, Nathaniel, is going there. And I know that you're going there as well. Um, so I wish I could go. But I don't know, again, what is going to happen to me on September the 18th. Um, so um, Nathaniel is going there. Declan is going there. And um, um, we, we are sending a videographer there as well. And I can't, I can't hear you. If you're saying anything, I can't hear you. Yeah, I think Josh, Josh Alexander um, uh, is uh, going to be at one of these marches out there as well. I'm excited to see uh, Nathaniel. Is he going to Toronto or Ottawa? I think he's going to Ottawa. It's in yes. Ottawa, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I'm going to Ottawa. So I hope he's coming there. We're asking as many people as can to just get to these places. Um, it's absolutely amazing. I, You know, and, and you have to keep asking if you can go anywhere, right? Because are you still under probation or whatever? So you're yeah, and, and I'm telling you this. This drives me nuts. I am on I house bet. arrest every every time I want to do something with my children after seven p.m. Um, I have to ask permission, and I have to get it written permission, not just a verbal. I have to have on paper just in case I'm stopped by the police, harassed, or intimidated, and I have to be able to show them that I have a permission from one person that decides if I can go out or not, if I can do different things or, or not. So um, it's a total insanity. I think Canada has never seen something like this before. I think that I am the first and the only clergyman that has been subjected to this Nazi regime. Um, but anyway, I'm a, I'm a big boy. I Like I said, I grew up in a jungle and um, I will survive this, but I need help. And that's why I am so grateful to you, Laura, because you have been a true friend. And, and I want the people to know uh, there was always a slander. And of course, anyone that does anything for the kingdom of God is going to be gossiped about and slandered and attacked and abused. That's a given. It's like my wife, Majena, always says, you know, people would, she says this to me when I'm whining and complaining. Well, first of all, I'm not allowed to do that. Uh, I'm not only on house arrest, I am not allowed to whine and complain because Majena would look at me and says, if I one day learn that we did not receive the promised land because of your whining and complaining, I'm telling you, heaven or not, I will deal with you. So I'm not allowed to, to complain. Also, also, she says to me when I have my lows and I say, oh, they want me in prison and and, oh, you know, poor me and the self-pity party, me, I and myself talking with each other, you know, uh, we, we, no one loves us, no one cares, no one, you know, likes us. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, she says, you would like to have it better than Jesus himself. And let, let's, let's just look at Jesus. He was hated. They call him the Beelzebub. He was beaten, tortured, spat at, laughed at. Uh, he went through everything, rejected, yeah. rejected, naked. So he uh, was shamed, right? Like so many of us. And the gossips, Laura, the gossips around our personas circulating 
are insane. But, you know, the gossipers, I get that. That's their job. They're working for the devil. I get that. But I don't understand people that actually believe that stuff. So one of the things is that I kidnapped Majena, my wife, when she was seven. Right. You know, that this is the most bizarre thing because it can check this. All out these so stupid lies. Right? It's muddy the waters. It's just to bring a little bit of doubt. She's so the, the same age as you, pretty much, right? Yeah. Uh, her I mean, birthday, it's so dumb. We are, we are both, believe it or not, from 1973. And I'll tell you why this is so significant. Because that's the year that they legalized abortion. And I've heard this prophet said that the people that are born that year are going to be used as the deliverers of old because they did the same thing during Moses era. And, and another fascinating part of Moses era is that the, the maiden, the women delivering babies were breaking the law. Is that not fascinating? Mm. They were actually breaking the law not obeying the government decrees bylaws and and you know all those mandates and restrictions or whatever you want to call them and because they were willing to disobey the government moses was born the greatest uh, of course jesus was the, the greatest but uh, before him he was the greatest deliverer of of all um so 1973 we were born the same year and Majena's birthday is six months apart she's in September 9th okay okay all right so uh, I'm, I'm, we're going Pretty to do something quick. special yeah. for for her um, and um, you know the story continues and the fight continues mm -hmm. we just gotta keep plowing and have our eyes focused on the prize what is the prize the price is the kingdom of God. The price is to pass this test of the fiery furnace and stand before the living God and be able to say, I have not sold you for silver coin or a bowl of soup. I have not denied you because of pressure and fear. I stood with you and thanks to you and thank you, Jesus, for everything you have done to me. And I think that's the story. I want the people to take from this story that Pastor Artopoulowski did not bow, did not, he did not took the knee, he did not take the knee, he did not say yes, sir, to the masters of today. But we are Laura lions. We are lions following the lion from the tribe of Judah, and we must do what our father has done. And lions do not take, do not make pacts with the hyenas, lions do not bow before the hyenas, lions roar and eat the hyenas for breakfast. We know how the story ends. We know we win in the end, but we have to persevere to the end. Christianity is not a sprint. I've seen a lot of Christians on fire, burning very brightly and dying very quickly. Christianity is a marathon. Every day you make a decision, either the devil or God. So I pray and I wish that those that are watching this will always, every single day, make a decision to follow Jesus, to stay true to him, to, to, to say to the devil what Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan.
because thus says the Lord. Amen. And uh, I think, Archer, when you're talking before you go, you know, people are waking up and they're going, we have a really big problem. Like our political realm, it's so, it's in unjust. Like people are bought off, like something's going wrong where you can just keep these political prisoners endlessly in prison while you let other young hooligans and, and I know them because I used to, you know, care for people right out of juvenile jail and they'll go and, you know, assault and do all kinds of things. And they're they're out of prison in no time at all. And and then we've got you that's, you know, being uh, taken on. But we've got this digital currency coming down on us. We've got the WEF and the elites that are planning treacherous things. We've got these very strange fires all through British Columbia and Alberta and, and Maui. And, and we we're watching videos of longtime uh, people that are that are very knowledgeable about fires and how hot these fires are burning something and yet not touching, something else that's a different material or the color blue of all things uh, in a different area. Like they're, everybody's a bit baffled. Like what are we actually dealing with here? Are we truly seized? You know, without God, it feels like it's too late. And that's why I like your message because I'm pretty much at the place. I tried politics. Um, I, I'm still going to vote. I'm going to make my, my voice count. I'm going to stand up for the people that I believe in. But Unless Jesus fixes Canada, it used to be you'd never hear any politicians talking about God. But myself, you, uh, Wayne was, you know, was uh, earlier today was talking about his uh, beliefs. Um, people are now starting Derek Sloan, you know, Maxime Bernier saying um, his, uh, you know, beliefs in, in Jesus. Um, unless... I do see that there's a movement now, like the United States. When you went down to the States, you were celebrated as a hero here in Canada. And all of them are talking about the power of God saving the nation. But in Canada, we're behind the eight ball on that because barely a politician would ever, like that would be his political suicide to talk about God, you know. Uh, maybe God bless us all, you know, as Stephen Harper would say, as he allowed millions more babies to be um, aborted for the next however many years, because he did nothing. He he had a he had a party where he could have done something about abortion. He had the the full measure of the House on his side. He could have done it. He didn't. And in fact, the MPs that were godly, were in his office asking him to do something. He did nothing. Let that sink in. We're just seized. More, more, We've lost. More. More. Not only he didn't do anything, he punished every member of parliament that dared to talk right. about babies. I know that because I am friends with a number of them that were in the cabinet, were in a, in a political party, the conservative party during Harper's era and he punished those that dared to be from the pro-life caucus so um we are talking about evil evil monsters and again harper was the one that brought wef and and the globalist garbage into our beloved canada so um you know the politicians these days they can talk about every vile evil sick thing 
that there is, but they cannot talk about what is good. And it's very fascinating to see the Bible being unfolding in front of our very eyes when it says that there will come a time when they will call good evil and evil good. We are living in such a times where good is being hunted down and evil is being celebrated on the streets of our cities. So, um, but I believe, Laura, I believe that we are already in the middle of judgment. I believe fiat mm -hmm. currency is collapsing. I believe economy is collapsing. I believe that if Canadians will not choose godly men or women to rule over them, I'm telling you, or to serve them, I think that's a better word, uh, because we as Christians, we don't rule over people. We serve people because Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was the servant of them all. So if they will not choose godly men or women into those positions of power, I believe Canadians are going to lose their economy. I believe they're going to lose their homes. Interest rate is already wiping out uh, the housing industry. The bubble is so big. I um, just listened to another economist and you know, that's my background, right? I used to be a, a businessman. I used to be a builder, a developer and builder. So that's that topic is still kind of, um, you know, in me uh, because we used to do that for a living. Um, I'm telling you, when this breaks, when this bubble breaks, it's going to be worse than 2008. Believe me, I believe that what we are about to witness, unless people will smarten up and come back to God, I believe we're going to see a worse times than the Great Depression in 20s and 30s. I truly believe we're about to see a Great Depression once again, and we already have huge lineups. We feed thousands of people on the streets of Calgary, and the lineups are huge. I think this is just the beginning of Have you seen more? Like, what are you seeing on the ground? Are like, because um, you you have already been feeding the homeless. Um, are those lines growing at all, or or what do you think? You know, because we're seeing in in BC along Highway One, tent cities are going up. Um, I'll right along the highway. Every time we drive by, there's a new one. And then they kind of move them out or, you know, it gets taken care of. And then there's a new one. Like the, the, the poorest are not going to be able to withstand that everything they eat just went up two to three dollars in the store. And they just can't afford that, you know. And so it's going to be yeah. one level after another collapsing. Yeah, I know. It's, I believe the collapse already began. I truly believe in we are in the middle of um, um, judgment of, of God. I believe that he starts his judgment in the house of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I think that the past three years was God judging the church, telling us who is who in the zoo, separating the sheep from the goats and the sheep from the wolves. The real shepherds are willing to lay down their lives for um, those sheep that God has entrusted them with uh, from the fake hired guns. They're doing this just for monetary you know, satisfaction or fame or, or whatever else they're doing this for. So I think the judgment is still here, but I believe that from the judgment, we're going to move into the wrath of God. I believe that we're going to see things that are going to be very, very scary. Um, I like what Bob Polney, says i was um, talking to him yesterday and he has this saying uh, that this is going to be the most incredible thing incredible time and the most horrible time at the same time depends on which side of the fence 
you will find yourself in. If you're with God, God has the supernatural way to protect us and, and, and give us things that we need to provide for us because he is God that provides. But if you find yourself on the other side, um, I wouldn't want to be you. Of course, people are dying like crazy left and right. And, and you know that your guests are speaking about this. As a pastor, I deal with tragedies now on a regular basis, adverse reactions, people dropping dead, um, loved ones passing, you know, fentanyl overdose like we've never seen before, suicides like we've never seen before. All of those things are, um, are, are the things that the government has done to us. Okay, those are the consequences of locking people, segregating, separating, and injecting them with um, stuff that a human body should never be injected with. So um, in our lineups, we no longer see homeless people. We see families with children. So that's an indication wow. that families are hurting that people are hurting people that have an apartment or a house but they just simply cannot afford necess necessities of life um, and this is a common story i hear everywhere right now the people are on the verge of bankruptcy i believe i i did not check the statistics laura now but i bet if i was a betting man that if you google statistics we probably broke some kind of a record if it comes to bankruptcies mm. um, because that's what people are going to be doing so economy is a very fascinating beast uh, because the demand or the unleashing of trillions of dollars that they've created from thin air uh, created a, a, you know there is more money chasing the goods uh, so demand has been huge and people were chasing the same property the same car so everything went up and up 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 and uh, created a bubble but when that bubble breaks because of the higher um, interest rates uh, for example I just received documents from my own bank that my mortgage is for renewal and guess what? I didn't have the best mortgage rate. I think I had three and quarter or three and a half. Now it's 10. Mm. Nine depends how you, know, you would choose to lock it. So we're talking about three times more. And mm. even if I would choose the best scenario, which is not the best, but it would give me the lowest amount to pay every month, it's double. I think it was six and a half or something like this or seven. Um, I'm telling you, wow. many Canadians are in the same situation because suddenly we're in trouble. I've heard that Canadians are a one paycheck away from bankruptcy, yeah. from defaulting. So if that's the case, let's say even three months, let's say, mm. let's just say for the sake of argument that an average Canadian is three months, you know, okay. So he has three months. And then if something happens three months and it's done, when you are paying $1,000 or $1,500 for your mortgage, and now you will have to pay 3000 or 2500 that's your grocery. Yes. Or that's your utilities. And I, I don't know if you have been paying attention what is happening in Alberta. We are paying a record high 
utilities. We're being robbed and raped by our government at the pumps. We're paying like dollar fifty uh, in a province that we literally are sleeping on oil. Like we have more oil than Saudi Arabia. You see, we're Laura, paying two dollars. Yeah, because you're in BC. crazy. There. Oh, yeah. You're, it's you're, liberal. Right. We have, Thank we God have we have Sean Foyt coming here on the weekend. Um, you know, Archer, uh, I am just so grateful for you. And uh, September 18th, so you'll be at the courthouse, 9 a.m. Lethbridge. Um, Sean Foyt has just shown up, so we want to get him on the show. But uh, I also believe he's coming to Calgary, actually, on, on one of those uh uh, so I hope that you'll be promoting that because we need Jesus. We're, yeah. we're in trouble. Like, listen, everybody, yeah. there's no other answer. You know, uh, this is the Calgary event that's going to be coming September 9th. Yeah, to your uh, Calgary area. So please tell everyone you can, Archer. Uh, we're so sorry. We do not. We're going to be praying for you that you do not go to prison, that you are not um, taken that very day, uh, that you are, that the God of justice will deal for you and with you for what you have stood for for the kingdom we sure do love you arthur um i'm there for you all the way so i'm sorry i'm going to ottawa on september 18th i'm literally flying there but we are going to be live streaming and figuring out how to get the word out to be praying for you and we stand with you brother and thank you for being a champion in this in this time and i i'm hoping you're going to be at our event october 28th in ontario uh, you and Nathaniel and Josh and a whole bunch, Dr. Lance Wall now uh, will be there, Dr. Brian Artis, um, to, to do a, a huge event in October. Yeah. We just love Ma you Mazana so much. Thank you. Mazana is coming as well. Uh, Excellent. Spending if I'm not in prison. And yes, <laughs> our whole church is coming to the event in Calgary on the 9th. So our, okay. you know, I'll see You'll all see my Sean. brothers and sisters this, okay. um, this Saturday. So bless you. Thank you so much and see you next time. Bless you. See you next time. Thank you. All right, everybody. Um, please pray for Archer. Do not uh, cease praying for this man for a miracle so that he is not going to prison for preaching to a bunch of truckers. Okay. All right. So uh, we're really thrilled to have a surprise guest today and it's Sean Foyt. Many of you know him and we love his worship and you watch his videos and you cry and you worship in your room as you see the crowds and the beauty of the worship that Sean brings to the world. He is here and he's going to be in Vancouver. So Sean, we see you in the background. We sure hope. Hi there. God bless you, brother. Good to see you. Uh, we hope we have your audio is it working jt okay oh yeah i heard him speak and he's not it's not uh do you have any uh, mute there or anything any ideas there jt just a second sean yeah we're on uh is your audio are you on uh, some kind of headset he was there earlier you could hear you could see it oh he could see it earlier that your audio seemed to be working did you plug a headset in at all? Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Thumbs up. You can, you can, he's saying he can. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, uh, should he go, go out? Can you disconnect and re-come back in? Let's just try this one more time. Um, just hang up and then come in the same way that you did. 
and see if that works. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, show the three posters. Uh, we have Sean Foyt is going to be in Vancouver this Sunday. And that will be in Coquitlam if you have that ready there, JT. Okay. So Metro Vancouver, Canada. He's in Coquitlam actually. Uh, September the 10th at 5 p.m. And tickets are free. Okay. Let's see if there's any... Hi, Sean. Oh, I almost heard it for a second. Did you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Did you hear it? I'm here. Oh, there you are. There you are. Okay. I think that it's working now. Hello, Sean. Awesome. Oh, Hello. great. great we've got the you. gremlins, right? The enemy's always trying to stop, you know, technical difficulties. So I'm glad we've got it. It worked out. God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing in the world by just bringing God's beautiful music to our hearts. We know that, um, you know, welcoming the presence of God into our world through music is one of the key ways God inhabits the praises of his people. So how, how are you doing? You're making your way into Canada. We are. Yeah, we're real excited. Um, for those that don't know, I've been coming to Canada for the last 20 years, um, ministering, worshiping, preaching, mobilizing, sending missionaries. And, you know, I was just as shocked as, as so many of you to see what you guys went through in 2020. And we've just been waiting for the right time to bring this thrust of revival that we're carrying from across, really across the nations, starting in America, but now the fire spread to many, many different nations. And Wow. We just finished 27 uh, U.S. capitals, and so uh, we, we're, we're caring, and, and it's, it's a big part of why we're coming to Ottawa first on Friday. We feel like mm -hmm. that's just important to go there. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough ground. We know that, but it's very important in the eyes of the Lord and in, in, the, in the heart of the enemy. So we're coming to Ottawa on Friday. On Saturday, we're going to be in Calgary. And on Sunday, we're finishing in Vancouver. So we're just so, so excited. We want to, you know, we, we've been waiting to do this for three years. So we don't want you guys to miss it. Uh, this is going to be a powerful time of encounter, of worship. We believe that God's given us, after we've gone, uh, you know, to 200 cities now, God has, has given us something to impart to you. And so we want everybody to come to just receive this impartation of boldness and courage and revival and hope. And, uh, and we're excited. We're excited to come and see what God's doing there, be a part of it, and really pour gas on the fires that are already burning in Canada. Right. <laughs> well, fires, uh, gas on the fire is a sensitive topic because we've had the worst fires uh, in history in British Columbia, oh. where you're coming, and also in the Alberta area. Um, Sean, we just want to let you know that, like, we feel really broken here. Um, like, you need to know that if God doesn't fix this, like, we're in really big trouble. Our government, our, uh, you know, we are, we've got all our kids learning about transgenderism in all our public schools. We've got a whole lot of indoctrination into you know, woke agendas that we don't agree with. And there is no other solution but Jesus. And so we are very excited that you're coming and we need him. 
Amen. Well, you know, it's interesting is that there's a correlation between, you know, the encounters that God gives us in worship and his presence and then from that encounter. And you see that in the book of Acts. You know, you see that with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the bold stance that they took when everybody else bowed. And I think that, you know, this is our chance as the people of God to say we're God's giving us these encounters unto a great remnant that's rising up, that's going to refuse to bow uh, at the altars of transgenderism or this bowing altars of the woke ideologies that are infiltra infiltrating our society. So we're experiencing the same thing down here. You know, I'm coming to you from California where, you know, we've learned, we've had to learn new ways on how to fight and, you know, praise God. We sued the governor nine times and we won every case in the Supreme Court. Uh, so it does take a little grit and a little determination for us to rise up in the sea. And that's part of what we're called to in part as well. Well, we just thank God for you. Um, did you start singing? Can I just ask you personally, did you start singing when you were a little kid? And when did you first realize God was going to take that gift that you have and, and bring it to the nations? Yeah, I mean, I always loved worship. I was never really a singer, never took music lessons, but I just loved worship. I just loved being in the presence of God. And I knew that I knew that when I was there, I didn't want to go anywhere else. And so that's what drove me to learn to play guitar. Uh, was really my heart for uh, for God's presence. I never wanted to be an entertainer. Uh, I just wanted to have that closeness and nearness. And so that's what drove me to even want to start to do music um and it still can be used to this day i mean i just had an album that came out and it went on the top on itunes and, it, and it's doing really really good but my my heart was never for that always we can have these moments in god's presence where things change and i want to be able to bring that with me all over the world that is so awesome. Listen, we're looking forward to uh, being there. We're going to be there uh, when you show up in Vancouver, and we're going to do some video and and uh, get some good stuff for you. Uh, we want to bless you. We want to just help this. We're spreading the word far and wide. We're going to be, um, you know, putting it out on all our social media, making sure everybody knows that you're here. And we just thank you. Um, thank you on behalf of Canadians for caring about us. Uh, we've had some of the harshest mandates that were put on people, a lot of people um, forced to either take the jab or lose their job. Um, a lot of pain has happened in our country. Uh, our, our systems are seized. And so we welcome you in the name of the Lord. We welcome the worship and we believe that with the worship you're bringing, we bring warfare to the enemy. And that's, that's the real ground. That we need to take. Amen. 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 I believe in all that. Amen. Thank you for so, having me. You're so welcome, Sean. So we will see you Sunday. Uh, we'll let you go. We're going to put your, uh, whoops, we're going to put your uh, posters up again and let everybody know to catch you in Ottawa, in Calgary, and in Coquitlam. So <clears throat> God bless you, Sean. Thank you so much for being with us. And May God uh, bless your voice as you're obviously going to be speaking for three days 
uh, singing, you know, for three days in a row. And you also travel with another gentleman, I understand, that brings a powerful word. So people should bring out their kids, their their uh, teenagers, their loved ones, and make it a family event. We'll, we'll be doing that. Yeah, bring, bring your enemies, bring your dogs, bring your pets, and we'll <laughs> see you this weekend. Okay, <laughs> done. All right, take care, brother. See you soon. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. That is fun. That is so awesome. I just, you know, he is bringing to us what we need, everybody. We need God's presence. We need worship because it's the only thing that gets us through. When we watch our brother Archer Pavlovsky facing imprisonment, um, the unfairness. How many people in Canada don't get, don't get time in jail for all the, the, the crime they do? You know, these criminals, they, they don't get that. Yeah, they don't get that. We're always upset. Like, who's on the street again? Right? You're, you're going soft on the criminals. But, oh, some guy preaching Jesus and telling people to stand for what's right. Oh, he, okay. Yeah, 10 years. Okay. Oh, oh, oh that makes perfect sense. You know what? God help you all. God help you all. All right. I got to get going. Um, my website is laurelin.tv. And if you can help us do what we do, we sure appreciate it. Uh, we are here every single day bringing you the best guests, letting you know what's going on in Canada, teaching you, giving you courage, letting you know how to fight. One of the best ways is, is uh, through worship. If you're in Ottawa, Calgary, or Coquitlam, uh, British Columbia, make sure that you get out to see Sean Foyt. He is going to be spectacular. And I appreciate that man's heart for the Lord. He is just a very humble and beautiful individual. I love that. Um, if you can help us support us as a monthly donor, that's awesome. If you can, <laughs> that's, you know, and if you can't, don't worry about it. Just keep watching because you don't have to pay to watch. You just get to watch for free. Uh, if you can help us do so, Laura Lynn at uh, laurelinlive at protonmail.com. That is our email if you'd like to help us in that way. And uh, also, um, we also have snail mail. We have box 48184 uh, where you can send us a little letter or any help and support in that way. So laurelinlive at protonmail.com. That would be great. Um, we also want to remind you, if you're in the Toronto area, we are going to be doing an epic Era of Champions event, and that is going to be October 28th, all day, like just plan to come all day, uh, bring a sandwich, and uh, there's going to be food that you can pick up at the event, but um, it's, it's going to be so spectacular, like we have so many great guests, we're going to just... We're going to be bringing you the truth one after the other. And to crown the event, Dr. Lance Wallnow will be there. And so there's also VIP tickets available, a certain number of those. So please go get your tickets, get it as fast as you can. Uh, we're thinking that if you have teenagers, um, you know, anyone 19 or under that, um, we're just going to let them in. Um, we could do a student price, maybe 10 bucks or something. I don't know, make a donation, but... Uh, we're thinking that we we need to allow all kids. I, I mean, are you worried about your kids? Do you want them to be, you know, at a place where there's good stuff that they can listen to? I think that's important. All right. Um, I'm going to leave you with the word of God today. And uh, praise God. 
In Isaiah 34, it says, Come near, you nations, and listen. Pay attention, you peoples. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all that comes out of it. The Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on all their armies. He will totally destroy them. God was not messing around in the Old Testament. Good thing that grace and mercy showed up through the power and the blood of Jesus <laughs> to be merciful because since the dawn of time, since Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and corrupted our seed and Adam did as well. Since that time, men have been failing God and God is a righteous God. We love to preach the love of God. We love to talk about how awesome he is, how much he loves us. And all of that is true, but God is God and he has boundaries. We talk about that in life, don't we? We've got to set up our boundaries as people. We're not going to let people treat us a certain way. We're not, we're not going to take that. Do you think God has some boundaries? Do you think God has some standards that he has asked us to adhere to for our good? Not for, not for our evil. Hey, when God doesn't want you running around and having sex with everybody and just throwing yourself, you know, like a harlot everywhere, is that because, because he, he's trying to prevent you from having fun? No. He's trying to prevent you from being hurt, from being destroyed, from losing your your mind your peace your stability from being crazy because you can't find the love that you wish you had all the while you don't obey the ways of god which is to walk in holiness to be pure to walk in an upright manner before your god that's god's desire that's god's hope for you So when God is angry with all the nations and his wrath is on all their armies and he says, I'm going to destroy you, he is broken over the sin of our nation. And right now, Canada, can you think of how sad God is that we're one of the only countries in the world that has absolutely no protection for the unborn? I mean, how, how happy do you think God is with us? Like, if judgment is here, as Pastor Archer Pavlovsky was talking about, it ought to be. We have not protected the most vulnerable. We now have made, as they call it, let's call it what it is. We're helping you to kill yourself. Anyone can do that. Not many questions asked. Not even regarding your age or anything. This is what's happening in Canada. We're teaching our children that God's identity that he gave to mankind is not the truth, that somehow that's a myth that there's men and women. That's a myth according to Bill C-4, read it. They want to take, tear down those myths that it's male and female. God help us, God help us all. May God show mercy to this nation. God bless you, see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing.
but for some of us we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.